Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Travel and Tourism Podcast, my first season. We have a very special guest on here today, and I'm very glad he said yes. I first met this young man during the 96-97 winter season in Playa Blanca. I specifically remember where I met him. He was in the main restaurant of Playa. I was just coming off my first time, I guess, being sick with that horrible uh, flu <laughs> that, that you would get uh, when you worked at Playa. Very, very nice gentleman. He informed me that he was a land sports geo doing what I did in May of 1992. He was an au pair at Playa. His first full season was at Sandpiper in fall of 92 as land sports as well. He is from Orange County. I'd like you help me welcome Mr. Stan. Hey Stan, how are you, sir? Greg, thank you. I'm doing great and I appreciate being on. It's just, this is kind of exciting and it's an opportunity for me to kind of, you know, think about all my, my memories and, uh, and had to, you know, prepare by enjoying those already over the last uh, couple of weeks of, of just planning for this. All right. And I just want to make sure for my own ego, you do, re you do remember me, right? <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> because, Absolutely. because with the same chief of village, Lulu, you know, I went to work for her in Otranto, Italy, and you actually right. came by Otranto, Italy and uh, played some volleyball with us. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was funny. Um, I was, I was in my real life, my, my non-club med life. And I had scheduled, I had to go to Italy to schedule a few media meetings and I was with a 60-year-old Italian consultant. And I said, you know what? We're going to have our meetings at Club Med Otranto. And, and we did. And he had a ball at Club Med. And, he's, and he remains a good friend. He ended up being in my wedding. So that was oh, pretty, awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. I'd like you to take me back in time now, Stan, to before Club Med. So what were you doing? Uh, where were you living? And how did you find out about Club Med? Thank you. I, you know, I'll take it all the way back because it's a little bit relevant. Um, sure. I was I was born in Paris. My father was American military, and my mom was French. Um, really? Lived there. Yeah. So we. I was actually uh, drafted by the French army what? when I was eighteen. I was. You're, you're kidding. And okay. you, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wow. not kidding. And I said no. <laughs> uh, I said I've got different things I want to be doing when I'm eighteen than serving in the French army. So wow. at that point, I lost my French citizenship, but I was a dual, I had dual English uh, or American and, and French citizenship. So that was kind of neat. Uh, my, my sister and I were both raised half in, in Europe and half in the United States. We had the opportunity to be French or European and or American. And, you know, those of you that know me, I, or you, you know, I, I'm very American now. 50 years later, but um, uh, I'm 62, so 50 years from, from that decision about, but, but she uh, chose to be European. So we, we have a dual life, but I, a lot of my life, my wife is European. I, I spent a lot of, a, a reasonable amount of time in Europe and haven't lost the passion for the uh, international, let's say, but uh, born in Paris, lived there until I was seven, spent three years in Berlin, Germany. Again, it was military um, and spent most of my early years in Philly, uh, my dad, again, being military, was stationed there. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Stan. What, yeah. Which branch? Which branch of the military was your? And he was an army dentist. Okay. And I will oh. See him. Wow. I will see him uh, coming up. Uh, he's 93 years old this week, and uh, still, still doing okay. So okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, now, did you speak? Did you pick up French at all when you were living? Oh yeah, I was. I was a French kid. I mean, I literally, oh, wow. I was. I had to learn to speak English when I was seven. I was around some English growing up, but I went to a French school. Everything I did was French. My my French is is native. Yeah, or it, it was it was back then. And are you do you use the term military brat? Is that what yes. uh, people that whose parents? 
Okay. All right. Sadly, awesome. and I, and I believed in that. I, I, I got a chance. I mean, I'm, I went to six different schools between sixth and 12th grades and it made me adaptable. Um, it made me learn to meet people easily. And I think that helps a lot with club med because you have to be adaptable and you have to meet people and those people change every week. So I think the, my upbringing and, and being in the mil, um, um, an army brat, was very instructive, instrumental in uh, towards my uh, club med days. Yeah. This is incredible. But, you know, this is why I like this show, because I just learned so much more about you <laughs> in five minutes and I did a Playa Blanca. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You're blowing my mind here. So you traveled. Okay. So from Germany, where did you go from Germany? Germany went to, my father was uh, in Philly. Um, Philly? So okay, my, Philly. a lot of my teenage years were in Philly and uh, college was at a, at a college in, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania called Franklin and Marshall, what they call Little Ivy League, and uh, enjoyed that and came out of school and went to Washington, D.C. I wanted at that time to be a political operative, which doesn't sound real good to me right now, which, which we won't get into, of course. Thank you. But at the time, that's what I wanted to do. And so I went to Washington and from Washington, I was with a company that uh, sent me out to California. I actually went back and forth two or three times, but, but I ended up in California running their, their new California branch. I was 22 at the time, and uh, it was pretty, I mean, it was, an, it was a nice role. I, I was running a marketing center that had uh, 60 employees, and uh, the company in Washington had nobody else that they could put in the role because uh, of the move. And I was very, I, I was thrilled to be moving to California back then, you know, California maybe still is, is, is the dream. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, came out here and uh, I remember my, my boss reported on my, the president of the company reported on how I was doing in California by saying, yeah, he bought a red sports car. I think he's enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and I did. And I was, yes. Wow. Yeah. Spent some time there working in, in marketing ended up working with a company that was raising funds for nonprofits, a company called Russ Reed Company in Pasadena, spent 10 years there. But toward the, and I, I first went to Club Med as a GM. And a lot of my GM, or a lot of my Club Med experiences actually, probably more than most of your guests, tend to be also GM experiences. I was a GM in uh, Martinique, in Cancun, in Playa, in Turquoise, you know, and, and in, since then with my family in Ixtapa. My first Club Med, yeah, my first Club Med was Martinique. Um, what, what, what year around, may I ask? Uh, I want to say 88. Oh, boy. Something like okay. that. Yeah. Say no, say no more. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, a lot of things we can't talk about on the air. No, you know, it was, it was, but it was perfect for me in that it was, it was French. Martinique is French colony. It was fun. It was sports by day and partying at night. And it was just, it was a great experience. And, and I thought, you know what? I want to do this with others, with friends. Because I went alone my first time. A lot of people go to Club Med, of course, alone. I went alone, met my roommate there, you know, and, and Sean Harper. We're still friends. Really? Still friends, yes. Okay, uh, because I, I've seen, personally, by showing guests to the room, a lot of first-time horror stories with the roommates. So I'm glad to, wow, that's incredible that you stayed in yeah, touch. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, was, I was older. I was 30 or so. He was, so this was in 88. He, I was 28. He must have been like 21. 
And so kind of took him under my wing and we had a, we had a great time. And I think he'll remember that as, as a huge week for him also. Well, could I ask you one, one, one question about Martinique and we're not going to go into any detail. Yeah. I, I always heard a story that when guests would arrive, whatever New York charter it was, would arrive to the airport Martinique, they would immediately ask to sign up for the picnic. Have you heard this? Like they yes. didn't want, they didn't want to see their room. They didn't care about their luggage. <laughs> yeah. First thing off the plate. Okay. Sorry. That's all but, I want to know. <laughs> yeah. I won't go into it, but the picnics were infamous. Yes. And uh, I, I experienced that more in Cancun because really? I was in charge of the picnic in oh, Cancun. Okay. We'll get to there. Again. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that and we'll get to that in a, in a, in a fairly surface sort of way. Yes. Yes. Thank um, you. But, but yes, I, I, a, a lot of people would get there. And the first question was, what day is the picnic? Especially people that knew Club Med and had been there possibly before. Um, that was the highlight. That was going to be the highlight of their week. Yes. Okay. All right. So you had been a GM several times. So that's, that's how you found out about Club Med. So I guess at what point did you like to say, Hey, I'd like to work here. Well, interestingly, I, um, so in 89, after going to Club Med, I decided that I wanted to invite my friends on a, a trip of a lifetime. And I wanted to invite the people that had been important in my life for the first, I guess, uh, 29 years of my life. And I, and it was just fun making a list of those people. If you think about it, Greg, if you made a list today of all the people that have been important in your life, that you'd want to spend a week's vacation, that's kind of a fun task to do, right? I mean, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I made that list and it was about 150 people. It was uh, from Europe and the United States. And I sent a, you know, there was no email back then. So I sent a letter that I translated. It was in English and in French. And um, it basically said, I have, I, I've had so much fun with so many of you that I would like to throw the biggest party we've ever experienced. And I'd like you to be there because you've meant something to my life, something important to my life. You know, you invite 150 people, not a lot of people go, but we had, we had about 25 people, but I chose that one to be on a cruise ship, actually. And I needed a name. We were going to the Caribbean and I needed something to go with Caribbean, 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 Caribbean Carnage. So Carnage was originally the name was Caribbean Carnage. We went on the cruise. Okay. May I just interject one thing here? Yes. I, I left yes. this out of your, your intro, but because when I met you at Playa, you were there with Carnage and I mistakenly thought that carnage was just for Club Med. Like you, I said, who is this guy? My God, he's organizing this fantastic thing. And then you told me, no, Greg, it started with a group of friends. So th- th- this is incredible. So, so you guys went on a cruise. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was, it was, uh, we went on the cruise and um, somebody had mentioned, I remember that she worked for, I don't know, I, I think maybe a suntan company or, or, uh, you know, lotion. So she said, you know what, I can, I can bring, lotion for everybody. And then somebody else said, well, you know, I work for this company and I could bring, you know, 25 of these and we could do gift bags. And I said, you know, that's a great idea. So, so over the years, every time there was a carnage and carnage was usually once a year to club med and once a year to uh, Palm desert, Palm Springs, California, where people would fly in from, uh, 12 to 15 airports around North America just for a weekend in, in the case of uh, Palm Springs. So people, so I had to organize this 
in a way that was worth it, that they were going to spend the time and the effort and the money. And we were all 30 years old or 25 to 40. So it wasn't like we had a lot of money. Uh, so I had to make it really, really good. And that's what kind of got Carnage going, got Carnage bigger. But the first Carnage being a cruise was a lot of fun. But I had been to Club Med and I said, you know what, guys, this is a great concept, but we got to do it at Club Med because Club Med blows cruising away. And especially for what we were interested in, which was sports by day and partying at night, Club Med was so much better. So immediately coming back from the cruise, I started organizing the what now the next club carnage, which was um, in Cancun. And we couldn't do Caribbean. Uh, actually, Cancun was still Caribbean carnage. Eventually, we, we went to Playa and we dropped the Caribbean because Playa is not on the Caribbean. It's on the West Coast of Mexico. So, so that's kind of the, the evolution of Carnage. Um, and Carnage eventually became GOs, GMs, and non-Club Med people twice a year coming from all over North America. For, uh, and every meal was organized. Every meal, you know, we had bands at most of our meals. We had it, 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 non-Club Med. But we, and, and, you know, for a Club Med week, for example, I would work with the village in advance to uh, to organize the events. Uh, we probably do, you know, certainly one excursion and we try to pump up the volume on that excursion, whatever that meant. Um, we, we definitely, you know, do the picnic and a cocktail party on the way in. We'd always do a cocktail party the first night and uh, the chief of the village would come and, and that's how I met Greg Snyder, who eventually became my chief for three seasons. And we'd always, we'd, we'd give a t-shirt. Everybody with this diff bag that I mentioned became, you know, interesting items, let's say, but I would, I would logo t-shirts, hats. Yes. Um, uh, I know this is radio, but I'm going <laughs> to, uh, but, but I'm going to put my hat on now. Just I, for fun. I remember you I gave me my one, carnage hat on. You gave me, you gave me one at Playa. I remember. Oh, I did. Okay. <laughs> yes, good, you did. good. And so, I want to mention, you gave me all the beers that you guys did not drink. You gave me cases and cases of Corona. You were so kind <laughs> to me when you left. Not only that, you gave me your volleyball in Italy because you know, like as a line sports show, the volleyball quality is not so good. So you actually came with volleyball and then yeah. you let me have it. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For for the volleyball and the beers, Greg. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, we we would we would do that. We would we would arrive. We would have that that introductory cocktail party. We'd give a, 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 a T-shirt, like a Carnage T-shirt to the chief. And the T-shirts, for example, um, would the hat I have on has uh, has a blender with balls flying all out of it as the logo. And on the back, there's a little bit of uh, the verbiage that says civil disobedience. <laughs> and and so I would have a lot of fun developing these items for the gift bags, whether it was t-shirts, shot glasses. At one point we had something that rolled up a can. I won't get into it any more than that, <laughs> okay. but, um, but, but that was fun. Just different logoed items. And everybody would just pay that toward their, would pay their share and they would get that when they arrived. And um, I never made money on Carnage. The idea was to throw the biggest party we could throw and have the most fun we could have. Any extra money that we collected, like didn't spend, would go into, quite frankly, alcohol. 
And we always seem to, I'm surprised we gave you beer because yeah, I'm we sorry. seem to finish plenty. <laughs> I, I must say, and this is in the sweetest way possible, you guys were so intimidating to me because here you are at Playa 96, which was already pretty crazy singles village and in yeah. comes a group called Carnage. I was like terrified, like, oh my God, I'm going to have to party with these guys at one point. Yeah. But you know, you couldn't have been the sweeter, nicest group of guy, like, to be honest, no, like. So I'm glad I actually have a carnage memory and thank you. And, and you were, and you were part of it. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a week uh, when the geos, when I was a geo and, and just knowing a lot of geos, it, it was the week the geos look forward to. Yes. Um, we were very involved with all the activities, not just the partying. We were very, I mean, no week had more people playing basket in the basketball tournament or the volleyball tournament or just doing, being involved. And our, our, our concept was we want the whole village on fire for the week. So we, anybody that wanted to join us, it was not just us. It was, if you wanted to come and join us for the, whatever the event was, absolutely come on in. We'd have cocktail parties two or three nights a week. And during that week, we, and everybody, the whole village was invited, anybody who wanted to join us. And, um, and I think that made it for a very special week, not just for us, but for the other GMs and the other GOs. You, you can tell by my voice, I'm proud of what we, we did with Carnage. We still have, I still have many, many friends around the country and, and in Canada that were Carnage and are still good friends. I have friends that got married because they met at Playa. Um, I had f- other friends that, got, that didn't get married but had kids and their kids are 23 and 25 that met at Playa. And just a lot of great memories and really no regrets. We never had any, any major problems. It was, it was just a great group of, you know, I know yuppies on a binge, I guess, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. but, but a binge of happiness and a binge of joy. And, and it really was that fun. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but you guys played the occasional prank because I, I think I recall oh, yeah. a couple of your guys pranked the chief of sailing Aranio at the time. Um, oh yeah. I remember they, they, they he's put, doing very well now in, in Florida selling real estate. Yes, I follow him. And yes. And yeah. Now, now you remember Playa. So if you're, if you went from the beach to the highest point, like past the nurse's station up to the, the top, the highest room, that's a pretty, tre- that's a pretty good trek. Wouldn't you? Admit? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think two or three or four of your guys grabbed a laser <laughs> very early morning and put it at the very top <laughs> Now I could be wrong. I could have sworn it was carnage because yeah. no one, no one ever played a prank after. It was, it was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I mean, I, I commend you because that that's not an easy. Yeah, I'm, I'm all yeah. for pranks, but that that took a lot of effort alone just yeah, to we, get that up there. <laughs> you know, nothing was in. I, I could say nothing was in in bad intent. Some no. might have been in bad taste, <laughs> depending <laughs> on your perspective. Okay. But but we did. I mean, we we put you know mattresses, beds, beds out in the. Uh, outside of the rooms all the time, including while uh, they were sleeping on them, if they were really passed out. I had in turquoise, I had one of my fellow GMs put shaving cream all over my door with some verbiage that, that I have pictures of that is hilarious. <laughs> um, we had a dinner once in turquoise where we had the, the side restaurant to ourselves and 150 of us went in our underwear and lingerie. Carnage was always pretty much 50-50 male-female. And it was all people that had a a really good attitude, not not kind of uptight. 
uh, let's say, and 150 of us in, or 100 of us in the specialty restaurant in Turquoise, I have a picture of all of us in our under, not bathing suits, we're talking underwear and lingerie. Absolutely great memory, stuff like that. It was just, we always wanted to turn up the volume. And I think we did that for the, for us, the GM, Carnage GMs, the non-Carnage GMs, the rest of the GMs and the GOs. And it was just, it was just a fun week. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I, I can keep this going on Carnage, but my listeners are going to kill me if I don't talk about your first season. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Now, were you a GM? So, yeah, in May of '92, were you were you a GM? Like you say, you're, you're au pair. Like, how did that happen? Were you a GM or no? So we were there Carnage Week. It was April. Met the the chief, which was Greg. Greg Snyder. Played Greg Snyder exactly. Got along very well. Greg and I played a lot of volleyball that week. At the end of the week, he said, "You know, if you want to come back." We can use you for the month of uh, May or uh, for uh, the next month. Uh, come on back, uh, really any time. But I, he was leaving in, in June with the rotation to another village. He said, come on back. And I had been, I, I was at home, a media director for an ad agency. I had uh, 30 employees and a very serious job and actually a very serious agency in that we raised money for for nonprofits, some of which were fairly uh, religious, not religion, but, you know, World Vision and St. Jude Hospital and places like that that raised money to help um, kids in need. So I went back at the end of my GM week to my boss in Pasadena, and I said, um, Jerry, you know how your dream is to go to Fiji and own an island, and you're doing that? Because he was doing that. He actually bought an island. Really? I said, my dream is to possibly work at Club Med. And I had been there 10 years. I was media director. This was, this was antithetical to what I was, had been doing. Owned my home. So I said, Jerry, I would be back in a year. I'll be back in a year maybe, but I need a year to see if Club Med is going to be a career. I don't want to just be a, a GO for a year. I think I probably, he doesn't know the, knew, didn't know the term GO. So I, I said something, of, I, pro, I don't want to be a camp counselor for a year. But I got to try it because it's French, it's it's sports, it's everything that I'm about. And um, and if it doesn't work out, you know, I still own my home here, so I, I'll be back. And he said, you know what, let me talk to the owner of the company. And uh, we had an ad agency of about 200, 150 people. He came back the next day and said, you know what, and Russ says, uh, we're going to we're going to hold your job for that year. You get 365 days. I'll do your work for you. 366 day, though you know, you're not coming back after that, but we'll hold your job for you for a year. So I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I left for Club Med, you know, a few days later and uh, and went back to Playa where I had just been a week earlier for a month, the last month of the season with Greg's team. My boss was uh, John Pupolo, who was tremendously yes. supportive and helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great guy. And he was my, my first, he was chief of sports. Yes. And I was uh, a Lanceport au pair. And I remember my first three days, I was so tired that I didn't think. Now, I'm 32 years old at the time. So I'm older than most of the GMs, GOs. And I'm thinking, I am so tired. I can't do this. I cannot physically, you know, go to sleep at two in the morning, wake up at six or seven to do the morning walk. Yes. And then, you know, eight o'clock to do the, the be in the gym and, and 9 a.m. to do volleyball clinic. And I just can't do this after three days, but I was enjoying it. 
and I, it wasn't sticking it out, but I was, I was dead tired. And I, you know, you know stepped up and, and physically it became very doable, got used to it, enjoyed it more, loved the team. That was the, the winter, I guess you call it. Uh, I mean, is that winter, the, the spring 92? Yeah, it would have probably been around closing. So you were there for the closing of the village right, because of rain, the rainy season, right? Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely loved the experience. So then I had it, I had a dilemma. Uh, well, actually, I, I I misspoke earlier in that I asked to go for a month to okay. my company first. Mm-hmm. But then I, after doing that month, Greg invited me um, as one of the you know 15 or so that, that was welcome to go to his next village, which was going to be Sandpiper. So I went back after that month, and that's when I asked the Russ Reed company. I didn't ask. I did. They, they came back and said, yeah, we'll hold your job for a year. That's when I left for a year. Drove a, my, my car was a, a red RX-7, which became oh, very popular. I love that Club car. Net. Yeah, first love of that all, car. you know, you're in the United States. Um, so I drove cross country. You in, did? In this little, yeah, drove oh cross country. God. And my favorite story from the begin that that drive and that the arrival you dream about the arrival when you arrive at Club Med after driving for four days you dream about that you know throughout the trip you got nothing else to do but think about it I get there and there's a geo meeting that that moment so the front no n- nobody's particularly there to greet me I didn't expect that but they said go to the geo meeting so I go to the geo meeting and Greg is not happy. And Greg is making the point that we need to pick up the trash everywhere. We need to be nicer. We need to, and he says, and he sees me walk in in the back and he says, and if you can't handle that, I've got someone who just walked in, who's a famous attorney in Hollywood (laughs) and he will take your place and your only decision will be aisle or window. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm standing there. I'm not an attorney. I'm not from Hollywood. I'm, there's nothing about me that's that, you know, exciting. But did but every did every head in the room turn towards Every you? head in the oh, room okay. turned. They're okay. looking at the Hollywood attorney. And But I couldn't say, well, Greg, not really. I'm just a, a marketing media director. But, you know, I couldn't say that. You know, you're not, not going to, you know, piss off your, your, your yeah. boss immediately. Uh, so I just I just shut up, sat down. He went on with his meeting, and that was my first day of a, being a you know a real geo at, at uh, Club Med in this case, Sandpiper. Yeah. So how how long after did the geos begin to realize you weren't a hotshot Hollywood attorney? <laughs> you know, I, I think I probably told people pretty immediately when they saw you at Power Walk. I probably <laughs> told people there's there's no forum to you know tell everybody at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> as people would bring it up, wow, you're from Hollywood? No, not really, and. Uh, Oh, you're an attorney. Ah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> so you were land sports and sandpiper. So that's quite, I guess, quite a shock after Playa, right? To go to an extreme uh, singles village to a family village, right? Or was it? Yes. And at, the, at, the, at first I was, you know, kind of disappointed that it was not a more fun village, but I love sandpiper for other reasons. Sandpiper, uh, again, I, I was raised European and sandpiper was largely Europeans. I ended up and I'm 30 now I'm 30 two or 33. I ended up bonding with a lot of English and French people to the point where we would we would spend the week together in addition to my work, of course, we'd spend a lot of time together. And then after the year I was 
with Club Med. I went and I went to a wedding in, in London. I visited friends in, in Paris. I spent time with GMs that I had known. Generally, the Europeans would come for two weeks. So you get to, a little bit of a deeper relationship. And I just had a great time. And I was the one that took pictures. Most GOs, you know, it's, it's very transitory. Why take a lot of pictures of other GMs? And I would take uh, rolls. These were rolls because back then we didn't have um, digital. So these were rolls of pictures. I would take lots of pictures of the families and the kids and me and, and the activities. And then I would go to the local CVS or the developer, the photo developer, and I'd get two or three sets made. And I'd give pictures so that they'd remember me and I'd remember them to the GMs. And, and they loved that. I loved it. I was looking at pictures today in, in preparing. for uh, And so uh, that Sandpiper was different. I love kids. I, I've always wanted kids. At the time, I was single, of course. Um, but I always and I love playing with kids. I love doing <laughs> I love teaching water aerobics. I mean, it, for those of you that know me, you know, you you know how idiotic it would be to put me in a pool teaching water aerobics. <laughs> but but it worked and it was fun. And I loved the magic rope. If you don't know the magic rope, the geos would uh, the the uh, mini club geos would walk in a line with all the kids you know, two through 10 or 12, and they all held a magic rope, a non-existent magic rope, so that they would stay in line. And then they would sing a song, the geos would sing a song and the kids would respond, and they all held the magic rope. And we often saw as we were, as I was in the, the, the small pool there, teaching water aerobics or volleyball, it was the volleyball pool, Sandpiper actually had a volleyball pool, how cool was that? And we'd be playing there and the line of the geo and the mini club geos and the kids would just walk by and it was so beautiful. It was, it was great. So, so I love Sandpiper for, for different reasons. Yeah. Wow. This is incredible. Yeah. And I'll the give fact another story. Yeah, sure. Another story? Yeah, yeah, please. The circus, the head of circus there was Joe Roebuck. And one day I was over by the trapeze area and there was a woman there that had been very active in trapeze all week. She was very good GM. She was very good. And her son, who was three years old, little redhead boy, I'll never forget this boy, little redhead boy, had been watching his mom all week. Minimum age for the trapeze was four years old. And I hope I don't get Joe in trouble 40 years later or 30 years later. But the, the Joe said to the mom, you know what, I'll take him up if he, because the little boy wanted to do it just like mom. So Joe and, you know, the trapeze is scary the first time you do it for anybody. Um, and and he just was so excited to go up with uh, up on the trapeze. Joe took him up the ladder, put him on the pedestal at the top of the trapeze. Of course, he's harnessed. And the little boy is really hesitant and he's about to start crying. And Joe says something I will never forget in my life. And to me, it is the essence of Club Med. He says to the little boy, you don't have to cry. We're going to fly like Superman. And he lets him go. The crowd goes wild. The child is thrilled, huge smile. And they, he, he balances there. And then he goes down onto the net and people are ecstatic. And the crowd is just, and it was just a moment that to me captured the essence of Club Med. New experiences, kids and adults bringing people together. 
it, it was just beautiful. Yeah. Wow, that's an incredible story. <laughs> yeah, never forget it. Now, yeah. your second season, I see you go to Cancun, but I see your job changed. You were no longer land sports. Right, you right. Were doing so, public relations. Right. So I was doing public relations, which was basically how did, how'd that happen. Greg, so Greg and I became close. We're the same age. We played volleyball a lot together. This is Greg Snyder, chief of the village. He says, "What do you want to do?" You, first of all, he said, "Do you want to go to Phuket with me?" And I said, yes, because this was the second six months of the year that I was going. Phuket sounded great to me. But a couple of days later, he came back and said, well, that was changed. It's not Phuket, it's Cancun, which I had been to. And I was a little bit disappointed because Phuket sounded, but Cancun sounded just fine, just fine. So, so yes, I was going with Greg to Cancun and we just decided, you know what? There's a, there's a job that you can basically do anything you want within the parameters. And that is public relations. So public relations in Cancun is um, a lot of doing the um, intro to, you know, when people come off the bus, doing the introductory speeches, if the chief's not available, doing the tours, uh, handling um, travel agents, handling all groups that come in that have special events like Carnage. And then we added the picnic and some land sports stuff. Like I taught the, uh, the volleyball clinics and things. So I really, I don't want to say I could do anything. I, I had an office I had, but I was also, I also did the, the silly lunchtime games in the pool. And I did a lot of land sports stuff. I did the picnic, but I also did the, the tours and the travel agents and groups and things like that. And maybe most importantly, taking GMs into Cancun and developing relations with the, the, the Cancun city the bars and, and the places. So there was a there was a, a, a Cancun-based Mexican geo that I um, worked with. Uh, Juan Granados was one, and oh, I forget the other's name, but he was so they, they were wonderful. And we would go into the big bars and say, hey, we want to bring a group in of a hundred GMs. Um, you know, can you give us a deal on the on the cover charge? And and yes, and and that was back in the day when you when we had foam dancing. Now there is something if you haven't done in a while, you, you, I I won't get into it too much, but um, but uh, it, you can. You just mean imagine. the uh, you mean the foam parties? Is that what? You yeah, mean? the foam parties. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Now, yeah. what were? Do you recall what? Like, I'm wondering because I was Cancun much later than you. Like, what were some of the bar bar the popular bars at the time? Do you recall any of their oh. names or or no? Like, was it Daddios there or Coco Bando? Yeah, Daddios. Daddios oh, oh, was there. Oh, oh, okay. So how much um, has changed then? Yeah, Daddios was there, and I. To be honest, I don't remember, you know, to, at the time a bar was a bar, but the bars were huge and very elaborate. And, and the they, they were uh, they'd spent a lot of money in building out these bars. These were not just bars. These were spectacles. And um, and the foam dancing was in a pit, you know, dancing to rock and roll music in uh, four feet of foam. And it was just so much fun. Yeah. And and the GMs loved it. And that's that's what we were there for. Uh, before we go on, uh, Stan, can you tell me, like, you know, because we, we jumped from Sandpiper to Cancun. Do you have any good good memories from Sandpiper and or Cancun? Wow. Um, I could go on for hours. But yes. So Sandpiper, well, one was uh, the hurricane, believe it or not. When when we were about to get hit by the hurricane back then, I don't remember the name, but it was it was a major hurricane that did damage to South Florida. And I had my, my red car there, my, my RX-7, and uh, wanted to protect it. So I parked it. I, I had to give it thought, where do I park it so it doesn't get hit by falling rock, if that's the case, and, and debris? 
I parked my car in the middle of the golf course because I figured there's nothing around it. That's the safest place for my car. The <laughs> hurricane really did bypass us mostly. We slept in the gym with the GMs. It was really cool. It was it was just different. Uh, it bypassed us. We were lucky. So that that was that was one fun. I remember the we just uh, finished a Bastille Day. You know, Bastille Day was was a big deal there because of the French GOs and French Club Med, of course. So Bastille Day in building, we built our own boats um, for that uh, for boat races. That was really cool. One more great memory. I was not in a lot of the shows because I wasn't a good. I wasn't real good at following dance moves. So in the Batman, or excuse me, yeah, the, 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 we did a Batman show and they put me behind a television screen, which was basically a, a, a cardboard hollowed out. And I would be sitting behind the, the what looked like a television to the side of the, uh, of the show. And I was the narrator and I would do it in English and in French. Again, this is Sandpiper. I would do it in English and in French. And so it was so much fun to, you know, I would, they, they would pan over to me to the right to start and I'd be picking my nose or foot up on the table or something, doing something stupid. And then I'd say, hey, bonjour, madame, mimi, monsieur, c'est uh, Stan qui vous arrive de Club Med um, Sandpiper et aujourd'hui c'est l'histoire de Batman et Robin. And just the whole idea of Batman et Robin and then each, each uh, segment doing some saying something in French that was so you know such an American thing it was just hilarious and I love that and I wish I had video of uh of that show and and uh yeah that so that that was a good memory for me uh, well, your, doing fr your, your French accent is bang on I may I may say if I may say well okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good uh, thank you thank <laughs> no you. problem how about um, how about Cancun do you have any special memories from there yeah Cancun well we had we had uh the picnic, which will go, you know, without a description. Well, roughly, give me an idea. Like how many yeah. would you, was there, a, was there a certain limit that you could bring or is that you brought as many as signed up? Like yeah. So, so the night before the picnic, which was picnic was usually Tuesday. So Monday night, which was for most people was the second or third night. So they've had a chance to get excited about what they hear the picnic is. And I'd come down, there would be a line um, to sign up for the picnic. And I'd come down with a water gun, this big water gun. And I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase because I, I, I want to keep it clean. Thanks. But I, 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 I'd raise my hand and I'd say and I'd really yell this because it was a, it, it, it was it had to set the mood mood for the picnic. But I'd say this is the line for the picnic. And I'm yelling this. I'm, if you can't start partying at 9 a.m., don't waste my bleeping time. <laughs> and I'd be yelling this. So and, and then, I you know, who's with me? And the crowd would erupt. And then I'd start squirting people. And this is, you know, right before dinner. And, and, pe and people were just like, like salivating to go the next day. And that, <laughs> okay. that was the whole, that was the lead into the picnic. And the picnic, you know, we, we, my goal, and I was 33 years old running the picnic. So my goal was not for everybody to get um, hammered. I, my goal was for people to have fun. And we would play games that would lead to fun things. Where, where, uh, uh, just may, may I just interject? Yeah. Where, where exactly did you hold the, the picnic in Cancun? So the picnic in Cancun, did I would tell bus? people that we're going to take you off uh, away from here to an mm -hmm. island Okay. where what happens on the island stays on the island. Okay. So you went and, by boat? Boats? And so it was, we would go by boat. Got it. Um, from the dock by the pool in Cancun. Oh, yeah. We take the boat um, for about a half hour. 
And we'd start, of course, on the boat with games. And then we get to the, the, the uh, and, you know, it, they were innocuous games, but they were meant to have a couple drinks. Um, you know, there's the turn your head around the baseball bat and turn around the baseball bat with your head touching the top of the bat yeah. until you um, are totally disoriented and um, run. Of course, there's a little alcohol involved and then run and people would just, you know, take two steps and fall to the right, fall to the left. It was just it was hilarious to, to watch. There was L.A. San Francisco. There was other games like that. And the last game was always. Well, uh, you'll have to edit it if you need to, Greg, the bathing suit exchange. Oh, but yes. I will say one thing about the bathing suit exchange. <laughs> yes. I once had. Wait, was this this was done in the water or outside the water? Yes, it, this was. So the bathing suit exchange, we would tell everybody to go in the water. Yes. Pair up. Okay. Yeah. Pair up. And you've got two minutes to go and exchange bathing suits and then come on back out. That's right. Okay. And Perfect. and uh, and and on on the, the shoulders. And, and it was just, it was, it was, you know, nothing that could happen now, but it was, it was fun for everyone. I had a couple from the UK. They were in their seventies, uh, late sixties. They went out in the water, they exchanged bathing suits. He's now wearing uh, a one piece bathing suit. <laughs> She's wearing his yeah, yeah. One piece bathing suit. <laughs> and um, it's, it, 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 and she weighs twice what he weighs literally okay. little guy big big lady okay and afterwards when they came out of the water they they stopped me and said stan we're 70 years old this was the best day of our lives oh wow Word to god this happened yeah he says she says she says this was the best day of our lives now you got to take that with a grain of salt because she had been she had a few drinks in her okay but <laughs> but this was the best day of our lives and that's what um uh, you know, we, I, I tried because I was older, I tried to get it to the point where everybody was happy and willing to do more than they would normally do, but nobody was stinking drunk. And, and we, we, we would largely, uh, uh, you know, with, with Aranio's help and Leslie Minton, who was a good friend who would do a lot of the picnics with me. We, we accomplished that with a lot of laughing and a lot, a lot of fun. So that's yeah, enough with the picnic. Um, <laughs> other stories from Cancun, uh, had dinner with, uh, Steven Seagal and Kelly LeBrock one night. They came really? in, they wanted to come into the village. Really? They were, they were married. He spent the dinner proud of himself that he, he said something about, I hope Leon Spinks challenges me to a fight because I'll kill him. <laughs> yeah. And Kelly LeBrock, to my dismay, was just lapping it up like, like fawning over him like he's all the big strong man and so he was kind of like the guy in movies you know he yeah was, well you know, that's yeah we yeah. all the stories have come out since you know his yeah. uh, acting career and then but yeah right. he uh right. yeah that that sounds about right so it's yeah. even started way back then okay yeah a, a better guest that set of guests we had um and i won't get into detail but well, actually it was it was very clean but we had playboy week um, at one point where Playboy had organized with Club Med to have a week of activities, not nothing bad, but just, you know, fun and games. And they brought two playmates down, Pierre Reyes from, uh, I think it was the 1984, and this was in 92. She had been a uh, playmate of the, of the year, of the month in 84, I think, or I don't know what year. I, I don't know. I'll have to dig up the magazine. Um, just kidding, Daniela, my wife. Um, um, <laughs> So I would have to go to the airport uh, to pick up Pia and her other playmate friend. And I don't remember her name. 
they ended up coming two or three times to the club. We had good activities, fun activities. Playboy was happy with it. Club Med was happy with it. The GMs were happy with it. And I was their, you know, driver and organized the activities. So I got, you know, close in it in a very non, just, just, it was, it was a really cool week. It was a really cool week. And, um, and I still have pictures signed to me from Pia and the other, and it was just really cool. So, you know, fun memories like that, that, you know, working nowhere else, could you have experiences like that? There is nowhere that allows the staff to play with the guests like Club Med and to encourage, that encourages the staff to, to enjoy the experience. And the more they were with the guests, the more the guests enjoyed the experience. So to, to, a, to a degree and to, to a certain, you know, stopping point, of course. So I really, I, I love the concept of not like a hotel, a normal hotel where, you know, the, the guests are there to serve you. At Club Med, the, uh, not the guests, the, uh, the staff is there to serve you. At Club Med, the staff, the GOs were there to play with you. And that was really cool. Those are my, my stories. Yeah. And I see right before, I guess I met you in, um, in Playa. Well, you spent a month opera at Turquoise as public relations. Now, was that also with Greg, Greg again? It was basically. So at that point I went back to, I'll circle around to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I left Cancun. Oh, the last week of Cancun, I made carnage week, meaning oh. I invited all our friends to come down. And the last week of Cancun was carnage week. And it was incredible. I mean, it was, it was everything I, you know, I org, I was the organizer in the village for my own group. Yeah. And it was, it was the, the best carnage we had had. We had 150 people and the village, the GOs loved it. The GMs, the other GMs, it was just, it was, it was just a great week. And then I left because that was the end of the season. And I went back to my, that job that was held for me for a year. I had decided that I, I didn't see being a geo as a career. And I, my goal was to see if I was going to be a, a chief of village. I nothing short of chief of village was going to, to, to be the goal. And I had met with French leadership in Sandpiper and um, what takes the longest in terms of training a geo to be a chief of village and to go through the cycles of uh, the, the levels of leadership, what takes the longest two things. One is, is age and experience. And number two is languages. And number three, you have to know, understand Club Med. Um, but the languages take the longest. You know, learning a language is not something that you do in, in six months. So being a chief, I used to take, I don't know, seven years. And, and some of the French leadership that I met with in Sandpiper said, you know, you speak French, you speak German and English, of course, some Spanish. You know, we think you can do it if things, if, if you do everything you need to do in as little as, as three or four years. But, you know, I just didn't see myself at 40 years old being a resort manager, which is what a chief of village is at Club Med. So at the end of that year, Cancun, I went back and went back to my job. I did two things. I went back to my job that was held for me for a year. But I also went to New York and met with uh, Jean-Michel Landau, who was the general manager of Club Med North America. I had written in Cancun on a typewriter because those existed then and computers did not. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think I had a word processor. It wasn't a computer, it was a word processor. I had written a 20 page marketing plan critiquing what they were doing now, suggesting 
uh, 20 pages of, of ideas. And I met with Jean-Michel Landau in New York City and we had a good meeting, but it, in the end, he, his, I mean, I wanted to be middle management marketing in the offices. And he said, well, he was impressed with the marketing ideas, but sometimes you got to start at the bottom. And here I am 33 years old. I'm a media director at home. I, I'm, I'm not going to start over when I can, you know, I, yeah. I, I have. So um, he said, and I'll never forget this. And it's a, yeah, he said, sometimes the train goes by, you either get on or you don't. I mean, I, I've proven um, myself in the villages. I've got the experience both in marketing and in French and understanding French and European culture more than probably most Americans or any American they're going to find. And he still wasn't giving me even middle management. Fine. So I said, no, okay. So I went back to my other job. Three weeks later, I got a phone call from, um, I think it was the, 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 uh, Fort, is it, what's in law? La- is it Lauderdale or wherever the, the Miami, office? uh, Port St. Lucie, Port St. Lucie, yeah, wherever, wherever the office yeah. is down in Florida. And it was somebody I knew at the time. And he said, you know, we're opening up a village in Hawaii. And we'd like to know if you'd like to head up the, the, the marketing for the new village. And I had gone back to my agency, but I said, yeah, I would be interested in talking about that. And of course, Club Med never closed that deal. It never happened. There is no Club Med or has been ever in Hawaii. And it didn't come to happen. And and so my life was changed, which is all for the better. I I always say that was then, this is now, and I'm thrilled with where my life is now. But um, but that that was my brush with working for Club Med on a long-term basis, and it didn't happen, but that's okay. And I went back to that agency for another year, year and a half, and then um, another agency, and then opened up my own. So, yeah. Excellent. And now, that takes mostly to today. Well, yeah, if I can take you- Other to, than, than personal stuff. Well, if I can take you but, to the season I, that we met, I, I'm just curious. In all your time as a GM and all your time as a GO, have you ever met and I'm only asking this question because I was uh, saddened by the you know news of his passing. Did you ever meet more of a character, a bigger character, GM-wise? I'm talking GM than Uncle Larry, because as you as you know, Uncle Larry yeah. was a GM that lived in Playa, and then when Playa closed, he went to Cancun. So, did you ever meet anyone like him, or was there someone more Uncle Larry than Uncle Larry, or uh, that that you can recall, or you personally met? Because I, I, I not for we, me. I spent ten years in Club Med, and he's the only one that I remember like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was um, just curious what, what you thought. Uncle Larry was bigger than life for good and for bad, but he was a great, I mean, he loved Club Med yes. and to the point where he, he would stay six, nine, 12 do you, months. Do you, do you remember why? Like he actually, he told me why. And I actually remember this from all those years ago. He said, because, you know, where he, I think he was from California, your neck of the woods, but right. he, at one mm-hmm. point he found Valley. that pe- people weren't smiling anymore, but when he came to Club Med, the smiles were always there and yeah. he wanted to live where the smiles never stopped. And that's yeah. why he, he lived at Club Med. Uh, yeah. I, I think of Larry and his speedo. Yes. Always, <laughs> always looking for something silly or stupid to do well he would do water aerobics outside the pool in that speedo yeah <laughs> when, yeah. when, Ro- when roxanne with, with or without it. the speedo um, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, I, uh, I well i was warned lulu actually warned warned me or us never to ask him to do the gm right. show and one right. time my, one guy 
he bailed on me for the Chippendales and who was at the bar, the only GM at the bar is uncle Larry. And that, you know, had the devil and the angel on my shoulder. Yeah. And the angel said, Greg, she said, don't do it. And the devil went, ask him, ask him. And then, yeah, I, I lived to regret asking him to yeah. Chippendales. I got in a lot of trouble, uh, but worth it. <laughs> uh, Larry, Larry would be there for carnage week. And he was, he was part of us. He, um, he enjoyed club med in his manner, in his way more than anyone. Yes. And you know, we, we miss him. Larry, rest in peace. I'm sure you're partying up there yeah. in heaven, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's enjoying himself wherever he is. Uh, he had a knack for that, but he was scary to club Med. He would, he would be the one that they, that, yeah, he had to be warned often. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But that's just part of the, yeah. the, the story and the legend yeah. grows, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but uh, good guy and, and, and heart of gold, you know, from, yeah, a good guy. Just, didn't have a lot of self-control. <laughs> yes. I don't think I did either. Right. I was just going to say, oops, not, I shouldn't not, have said yeah, that. That not, goes not, into all the names you want to hear, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned, yeah, you started your own firm, but I was actually, I, when I recently contacted you, I discovered you, you own a store, which is like right up my alley because I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in the store that you have. I believe it's called Kids Rule Sports. If you can tell our listeners what, what kind of store you, you have. Thank you. Um, so Kids Rule Sports is a side gig for me. It's uh, it's my, as my son says, my side hustle. My real job is advertising in Latin America and I've, Latino Media Services has been doing that for 22 years. That is advertising agency for Latin America, I have clients in each country, and that's what I do to pay the mortgage. My passion is kids rule sports and I do them from the same, uh, let's say office or st- store area. Um, kids rule sports is a sports memorabilia and card shop and um, have a ton of, it's, you know, you could check it out at kidsrulesports.com. I will give an extra special uh, discount to anybody who says they were a Club Med Geo or GM. I don't tend to ship a lot, um, but for Geos, I would try to. But um, it's, a, it's a pretty special store. I had, I had uh, kids come in this morning, uh, for example, that uh, their birthday, his, uh, James's birthday was yesterday. He came in with his, his birthday money and, and bought it a lot of stuff. And, uh, and then in the end, of course, he got a little bit more because it was his birthday. And, and, and he and kids leave here smiling every time. Hopefully, that's the goal. And, and adults, whether they're you know, people that are putting together an office or a, a man cave or a she shack at home. Uh, everything I have is signed. 95% is certified by the right companies. I've got probably 800. Do you use um, PSA right. or PSA or Beckett? Like to yeah, authenticate? PSA. Okay. I, I go to PSA. I work, I'm fortunate that PSA is about 20 minute drive from me. Oh, really? Very close relationship with PSA. Okay. Um, I will see them at the national um, coming up um, soon. Yeah. So PSA does uh, a lot of my authentication, um, grades some of my cards. Everything is certified by PSA, Beckett, Panini, JSA, the first and third party authenticators. Yeah, if anyone wants to see on Facebook, um, Kids Rule Sports OC, as in Orange County, Kids Rule Sports OC. Make sure you add the OC because Kids Rule Sports on Facebook by itself was uh, was hacked two years ago. So I added OC and 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 I post every day there. Yeah, I'll and, put the uh, uh, I'll yeah. put the links in your uh, episode description. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I, yeah, we have like. 800 baseballs, 40 frame jerseys, 60 footballs in encased footballs, logo footballs, all these signed, uh, 60, 65 baseball bats, and a lot of photos. I mean, and, I mean, my footballs, my, my baseballs include 
Nano, DiMaggio, and 800 others. So uh, a lot of a lot of fun stuff, and that's what I that's my passion. That's my passion. That's my wife, my wife and kid. <laughs> Okay. I say that. Yes. Now, in addition to all the kids getting in there, I'm curious because as an adult male collector, do you get adult males coming into your store and like hoping to God their wife doesn't find out that they're spending money? Like, do you ever, do they ever tell sure. you this? Like uh, every day okay. I, I get, I get, <laughs> okay. and I get in some cases, adult females. Okay. Um, it's not only the males, but okay. yes, more, more males come in. And, um, and sometimes they want to pay cash because, right. because they'd card, rather yeah. not have a written record, but <laughs> you know, generally people, you know, they're not going to hide this stuff. It's, it's hard to hide it and the prices are good. So they're, they're not, they're not going to break the bank. And, and usually the wife is, it, you know, I get, I get a lot more put, people put it this way where it's husband and wife coming in together that they want to, they want to outfit a, an office or, or a room. And they do it together. Um, that's that's always fun um, to hey, do. Yeah, hey, I got two more Club Med questions for you, if you still have yeah, time. Of course. Okay. So, in addition to Greg Snyder, I was just curious: were there any other GOs or chief of services that you that you liked working with, or that you remember? If you wanted to mention, you know, sure. I mean, uh, please. Sure. Uh, um, well, Chris Wheel was my first boss for my first season in Sandpiper. A lot of people know Chris. Um, great guy. He, uh, he was, when I was Lance Sports in Sandpiper, he was the head Lance Sports guy. And so he was my boss and great, just fun, fun guy who, who jokingly would, would raz the French. Um, and there were a lot of French at Sandpiper and, uh, and ended up being a Francophile. Very, very interested in French culture, travels there a lot. And so, but Chris is a good friend. Leslie Minton was a friend in Sandpiper. She was planning in Sandpiper and Cancun with me, and uh, we worked a lot together because I did a lot of stuff with the front desk and planning. And so uh, Leslie, um, uh, Dan Beeman, whose book um, Deep Dive is on my uh, bedstand right now. Um, I'm reading that book. Uh, Dan, I know, has been one of your guests, right, Greg? Yes, that is yeah, correct. Exactly. So Dan whose uh, who's passion is pickleball and, and yes. expanding pickleball around the world. And I last I saw, I thought he was in Thailand or somewhere, but he's living yeah. large That's right. and, and using his, his, his experience from Club Med to, to, uh, to help him you know, develop pickleball around the world. So that's pretty cool. And writing books, yeah. uh, deep dive. I'm sure it's on Amazon. Yes. Uh, who else? Uh, one of my roommates in, in Florida at one point, was uh, uh, Sam, um, Sam, the, the animator, Oren Decker, hilarious oh, yes. guy. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to have him on at a, at a very he near be date. A great guest. Yes. He yes. We're, we're just guest. trying to get the right date, but yes, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. We're in contact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I had, because I, in Cancun, I was uh, in my role, I was able to hire au pairs. So I had a lot of my friends come down to Cancun uh, to be an au pair, a uh, Stuart Cruz. Um, was a, a big carnage uh, guy, and, and he came down and and ended up being a, um, a geo for for a year or so, um, and and a lot of other people, several other people from carnage and GMs became um, uh, club med geos in some cases for the long term. So that that was kind of neat to be able to do that for my friends, um, and of course Greg Snyder, who gave me the opportunity in the first place who, uh, when he left Club Med, stayed with me in Santa Monica for a month. Um, and so we were, we were close and he's doing well in Arizona now, um, doing, working in hotels and doing activities, putting together 
um, activity programs for hotels. So, so something not dissimilar to what he, his role was at Club Med and doing very well. Uh, married with uh, a couple dogs and, and uh, very happy there. Um, saw him at a baseball game in Arizona or spring training a couple of years ago. Yeah, so just I, I had the greatest experience of my life probably was Club Med. I mean, great moments, great memories, great friends. We worked hard. We worked really hard. I've been back with my wife, Daniela, and my two kids, Brandon and Dylan and Brandon, to Extapa last year. Uh, no, four years ago and um, loved going back. It was like going home. And when I turned 60, my wife asked me, so where do you want to go on the trip of a lifetime for your 60th birthday? Anywhere you want in the world. And I said, you know what? I want to go back to Club Med. And I thought about it for, for three or four days first. And I thought about the Maldives and, and I thought about Europe and, and I said, no, I want to go back to Club Med and I want to go back to Cancun with friends. I wanted not a carnage. We're beyond that. Um, but but I wanted to go back and uh, started working with Steve Riley, who's fantastic. Um, good friend from Club Med as as a chief of sports, as a, a chief of village. And then and now as, as Barefoot Travelers Club. And I think he just got back from Cancun this weekend. And uh, and so Steve organized the trip and then COVID hit. So we never went, unfortunately. I hope to go back to Cancun either in December with Steve's group, Barefoot Travelers Club on Facebook, um, or, or next April with just the family. It depends if we go with the group or with just the family, but, uh, but expect to go back on that trip of a lifetime to Club Med Cancun in, um, in the next six months, in the next year, let's say. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So, and, and my, my kids liked it. My kids are very athletic. Uh, my wife liked it enough. She had been to Cancun before. She's, she had been to one of the carnages, the last carnage she came to uh, before we got married. And, and she still married me. How about that? So, um, <laughs> Very nice. so uh, yeah, a lot of fun. And, and I have a lot to be thankful for my experience with Club Med and uh, my thanks to all of the um, GOs and, and admins and that, you know, made that possible for my life and, you know, for probably a lot of the listeners. Wow. I, uh, that was very well said. Very well said. Now I read it on I, a Hallmark card, Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before I let you go, because you've been so kind with your time, am I forgetting to ask anything? Or I mean, I know we covered a lot, but I don't want to let you go unless uh, you know we we can go and you're at peace. And you know, I is there anything that you I forgot to ask you or anything? like No, that? I, I think we covered a lot of, of of my history with with Club Med as a GM and as a GO, and yes. I, I appreciate. I hope Club Med does well. I hope uh, the GOs go back and enjoy, um, whether it's with Steve's group or or just on their own. Go back, go back to Club Med. You'll enjoy the week, and and it's changed. It's changed, but in some cases for the better. And uh, and I hope GM uh, Club Med uh, does well in in the in in the travel space over the next uh, years. Um, merci Club Med. Merci beaucoup. Excellent. All right, everyone. That was the man from Orange County, Stan Bruckheim. I hope you liked this episode like I did, and we'll see you all next week. Say bye, Stan. Thank you very much, Greg. Bye-bye.